You're listening to the Love is Black podcast. Where the host of fly. The love is dope. And the conversation's always 100. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Love is Black podcast. I am Carice. I am Harvey. And today we are very excited to kind of get a little bit nostalgic. Mm. Yes. So we are in the midst of moving out of our home our literal first house that we both purchased together and we've built a lot of memories in this house over the past six years that we've owned it um we've done all the things like you know measured the kids up against the wall and all these little markings on the wall and you know had to have people come in and fix things and you know all the things that the highs and the super lows of home ownership it makes me think of that guy um, on YouTube who's like, F this house, because there's always something going on in mm-hmm, the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we are getting ready to leave it, I think, you know, it's it's good to have a little bit of nostalgia and to probably share just a little bit more of some of the memories that we have in this house and just some memories and a little background, I guess, on ourselves as well. Have we ever really delved into our how we met story? I don't know. I I feel like we probably have touched on parts of it, but I think that's a good place to start, though. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's talk about it. So I mean, you've listened to us enough to know that you know I was pretty much, you know, I was sprung when I saw this woman. So that's. I guess the the heart of the story, but we were both working at this same cable company, you know, selling cable over the phone. He sold better than I did. Mm, Probably right. why mm, I got fired, but that's mm, cool. Right. So I don't know. At that time, I was not a fan of how I looked, so I was like very much a gym rat. I was there every day, every day. Excuse me. And just one day, I happened to be coming into work, a regular shift, and lo and behold, I saw a gorgeous girl sitting at a desk, and she had, what was it? It was, uh, wasn't cookies, was it? Cupcakes. It was cupcakes sitting at her desk, and I'm like, so I saw her, the, you know, the cupcakes came later. I saw her, I'm <laughs> like, oh, wow, who is that? And I remember talking to one of my managers at the time, I'm like, who is that? Oh, that such and such. I'm like, I need a reason to go over there and talk to her. So I walked over. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, look, cupcakes. Can I have one? And she's like, sure. You know, and you were so nice. And you just offered me a cupcake. Which well, the cupcakes were for everybody. I didn't realize that. I thought they well, were just Well, not every, everybody. There's a lot of people there. Right, exactly. I thought they were just, you know, for your team and such. But, you know, it was nice. The first time I actually heard your voice. Wow, I like this girl. So we were on different schedules at that point, right? Where we are... I think so. So at that point, so I was working a regular like the nine to five more type schedule, and, and you. Were, I was working like three to midnight. She was or working something. that crazy. So I was yeah. So it was real weird. I must have been coming back to lunch or something or seeing you, whatever. Yeah. So, so then of course we weren't we weren't really together. She was working later. I was working in the morning. Luck would have it, schedule got changed, and not only did she yes. end up working pretty much my schedule, but she ended up on my team. 
Yes. So what had happened was, is that his supervisor was the person who actually did my interview and hired me. Mm -hmm. And I had zero qualifications to be in that position. And I think that that's what got me on the team because I was doing so terrible once we had hit the floor. So they do training and you do training for a while and then you hit the floor and you're taking calls and you're supposed to, you know, sell. And I was not selling. And, you know, in lieu of firing me, they decided Hey, you hired her? Like you fixed this, okay? <laughs> yes. Ah, okay, so. that's interesting. Yes. All right. So I said not that not like it matters, but you know, so the supervisor was Fabio, the one who hired you, and who was the who was my manager, I guess, team leader for the longest time. So we go from me seeing this girl and like, wow, she's gorgeous, but I'm not really gonna have an opportunity to talk to her, get to know her. To boom, now she's there, pretty much every day of the schedule. We had one day where we didn't work together. But we were pretty much on the team together. I'm like, there she is. So we were on a team together. And just through time and, you know. Were so we I, sitting next to each other? We were sitting yes, towards the no? end. We were sitting next to each other. Oh, okay. At first, we weren't. So it was, I remember it was like Mike, me. I forgot what that, uh, what's the, um, there's another girl. There was a girl named Tuesday. We had a few, we had, we had an interesting group of people there. We kind of spread out. And, you know, it, I'm, it was obvious to everyone else that I liked you. Oh, my God. You it's true. I'm not making you, it up. No, because you everyone, did it. You were, like, making all these jokes. How am I supposed to know, like, you know, instead of laughing, I'm supposed to be, like, taking that in? Everybody was laughing. Like, you made, like, jokes about it. Because I was, they were jokes. That doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that you don't I understand. I thought it was just like a funny haha. Whatever. But it doesn't even matter because at that point you were dating somebody who was working there, right? Yes. So right. I was dating so. somebody else who worked on a different team, like totally separate, like other side of the, the floor. Right. So that put a bit of a, a fly in the ointment, I think they would say. A fly? What? You've who says that? You've never heard the who fly in the ointment? When we're done, look that up. That's an actual thing. <laughs> fly in the fly ointment. Fly in the ointment? Wow. Yes. What's so wrong with having a what, fly in your ointment? Do, would you want to use some ointment that there was a fly in? You move the fly, you take like that little scoop out you, and you use the rest of the ointment. Would you be the one to move the fly or would you call me and I'd Is have to like get Is this like a topical ointment? No. Wow. Okay. It's you, like an... It's, you, okay. Way too deep. You <laughs> okay. Way too deep. It's just the same. It's just the same. I've never heard that before, but okay. It's, it's legit. All right. So either way, basically... He was just stopping what could eventually would happen because you're dating him. So obviously I can't. So I was just waiting in the wings. So mm -hmm. I was just waiting. So you're dating this guy for a while, but everybody around was aware that I liked you. But I'm not going jumping. I'm a chill, whatever. And at that time, I had a, I had, I had because of my previous experience, the bad relationship I had that came from working with that person. That's where it started. So after that, I had decided I'm not doing that again. So I'm not going to date somebody I work with because whatever that relationship, it ended and well, it ended whatever. And for a while, I was still working with her, which was just a bad experience. So I'm like, if that happens and I date with somebody, I date somebody else and it doesn't work, it's going to suck because it's there, can't avoid it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the end, as we'll see as the story progresses, that I didn't have to give up that rule. But so. Well, we, I mean, I think I've already spoiled that. I said that I got fired. Right, right. But, um, so, I mean, we'll explain how it happened real, real quick. 
but either way, so we were, you know, so we were just friends. We'll say that. We were all just in this group and we were friends for a while. You were dating this guy. But we became like better friends. Like right. we hung out a couple of times. Right, right. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, we hung out. We ate the only Will Smith movie I've ever seen in a theater I saw with you because yeah. I was trying to get with you. So I actually found myself sitting in a chair watching, what's the name of the movie? I don't remember. I was just trying no, to no, think no. of Hancock. that. Hancock. Hancock. The superhero pay, one. I actually paid money yes. to see a Will Smith movie. So the here's the thing time. is that Harvey is all about the fact that, you know, movies are predictable and, you know, he can watch something and see the ending coming. And I didn't know how legit that was at that point in time. Like, I saw Hancock and I said, oh my God, like what a surprise at the end. And I said that to him while we were working one day and he's like, no, like I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's not that difficult to foresee the ending or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you should see it. Like, I think if you see it, you would understand that it you don't see it coming. And uh, sure enough, he went to go see it, but I guess not to really see whether or not he could predict the ending, because of course he could predict the ending. <laughs> he just went to go because, you know, I was going. Right. So, yeah, that was the whole point, to go see that. And I remember, and it's Will Smith, so it's pretty easy to avoid the film. While it's on, it's easy to not pay attention. It, it just didn't do anything for me. I mean, I'm sitting next to this girl beautiful and still you're dating somebody else so it's kind of like we're friends and going to see this movie but I'm, that's not what I'm thinking and I'm like well we'll see this movie and we're watching the movie I'm not really watching the movie I'm kind of paying attention to you but you're watching this movie mm -hmm. so we're just this is my second time right too. It was the second time so she paid I was in it <laughs> like so so like you paid once I'm pretty I'm sure I paid for us and I'm like man like you pay you you've seen this twice <laughs> Like, wow. It's like the same people like who've seen Titanic more than once. Like, why'd you do that to yourself? But Wow. So we saw that and we hung out and we we went to we did went to Fridays and we did Outback and we, you know, we hung out and we were just good friends and nothing. Wait, but you forgot that you saved my life at the movie theater. That's well, I mean, I do it so much, it's not as <laughs> So we're at this movie theater. Was it where we were going down some stairs? Or we were you going just... down the stairs. I was going down the stairs. Right. And um, I don't know. A stair just like slipped out from right under me. Right. And she started falling, of course. You know, being, you know, the you know the man that I am, I was there to keep you from falling and busting your ass. <laughs> I was like, you saved my life. Yes, it was. It was just the beginning of things to come. Yes. I've killed many a bug. I've saved your life plenty of times over these lessons. You have, yeah. That's true. You have. So Thank it was you. Foreshadowing. You Thank know you. it is. You know how perfect. We were at a movie theater. We're seeing a movie and foreshadowing in life. You know. Oh, everything oh can, you look like at you. That. Connecting can, the dots. Boom. That's how it goes. So we saw this movie and we hung out. I was pretty much just waiting for you to realize whoever this dude you was with, you needed to be done with him. Side note. The same guy who hired you and who was our manager and who was my manager, who I'm pretty sure was aware that I liked you, decided that he was going to hype up another dude to you. It wasn't you, was it? He was talking to you about this guy that he thought you should. Kevin, I don't remember what his last name was. Do you remember him? Older dude. Had a great oh, name. yeah, yeah. Right. So our manager was like, oh, you should go. You should hang out with this guy. He's super cool. But I remember sitting. I was close enough. And I'm like, for real? Like, he's hyping this dude up to you. He knows I'm feeling. And then, like, 
that's some disrespectful ish. And I have a boyfriend, so and you have a not... but that's not really important. But, oh, but yes, important. so you did have a boyfriend. Yes, you did have a boyfriend, and yeah, he knew I liked you. So while he's trying to break up the relationship to get you in another relationship was instead of with me, I'm like we. I thought we was cool. Didn't matter. Dude wasn't right. So we were there. We became really cool. And eventually, you were I got no fired. You got fired. I got let go, yes. terminated, right. relieved of my duties. Right. But you were still dating this guy when you left. I was. So you still dating this guy. For like guy. 10 seconds. Right. So I had to still wait. So you got fired, waiting. And then finally, this thing was over with you, you know, this guy, because I knew it wasn't going to last. You know, I knew I was clearly the better, you know, better dude. It was just a matter of time. I wasn't as pretty as he was because we know your type. You like them light-skinned pretty brothers. Wow. Right? Am I wrong? Wow. Am I wrong? Wow. Am I wrong, though? I mean, you've been am, wrong. But am I wrong now? <laughs> am I wrong now? No. Thank you. So the wow <laughs> stuff, you can stop with that and I just go back to the truth. I mean, still wow. You you all about the pretty dudes. And it turns out, and not, you know, I, I like I've always said I'm all personality. So I just needed that guy to get out of the way. And then I slide in there. So... From there, you break up with the guy, and then we start hanging out more. We're talking more, and then, you know, I feel like it progressed. And then, you know, it became something, and once it became something, it was fast. So we went from we were friends till we were started dating till we were exclusive to then I impregnated you. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Bang, bang, bang. It was a very, it was fast, which, yeah, when you know it, you know, there's no need to, you know, to delay it. So from there, that's how we met. That's how the romance uh, began. Yes. And then from there, we decided, hey, well, you know, we need to live together. So then we moved into our first apartment, our only apartment, to our first domicile, to where we lived our together. Our first domicile. You like that word? Yeah. Tell what an you, interesting word. I can tell you them, Dom. Telling you. I can see my SAT is just based on these podcasts Ooh, alone. I'm telling you, these college degrees are not really working in life, but they work on the podcast. <laughs> so College is a scam. It's a scam. So we got our first apartment. So it's me, you, and the two kids. And we got the apartment because, you know, you had, we had a baby coming. We got married yes. in the apartment. Not a lot of space. We got married um, at the, uh, what do you call that? Justice of the Peace. Mm-hmm. The Justice of the Peace. We got married. At, so we moved into the apartment less than a week later. We got married at the Justice of the Peace less than a week later, Harvey. Because really? oh, that's true. Like we, a, a week we moved after in we were like, like folded, wow, settled. Right. Yeah. So we got married and it was just my brother and your best friend that were there at that time. Nobody else knew about it. It was just like this little secret low key thing. We had no money. We were dirt broke, poor. Broke is broke. Dirt, dirt poor. Like, Bro. I don't know if anybody remembered, but I was fired from my job. Right. So we were, li- we were like living. Like extra poor. We were living off of my check. The yes. check that I had because I had my own apartment. So we went, I went from living off of my check, which was, you know, a stretch, to now it's me and you and two kids and a third one coming. So now it's that same check supply, you know, take care of all of us. And we were in one apartment, moved to a bigger one so that we could live there, you know, and it was tough. 
tight. Yeah, man. We got married and we went to Burger King, man. We went to Burger King. That that's, was like all we could afford. That's all we could afford to do. It was like value menu Burger and King. And it was, yeah, it was some base. Mostly Burger trying King. to make sure the kids were fed exactly, and we get ourselves like a small something. And we got something. And yeah. that was how we celebrated getting officially married. Yes. So we did that, went back to the apartment, you know, and, you know, live life and. Do we did, and then we did an actual wedding a month later. A month later, yeah, that's which, the one everybody knew about. Exactly. But so at that point, everybody—I don't know—people might have thought that we weren't married then, but we had been married. By the time that happened, we had been married just about a month before, yeah. right? So that's the beginning. That's the first time we're living together. We lived there for a few years. Um, so much. How many businesses did you Five start years, in the other right? apartment? Two. Two businesses. Another bait. You start two businesses. You started school there. Mm-hmm. Started and finished. Started and finished. Got jobs. I delivered cupcakes for you. I got sexually harassed by people by delivering cupcakes to you. You got into fights with people dealing with our children on the bus. Oh my god! So that's the one thing. Like, don't mess with my kids. I just oh, don't. Well. I don't. I don't play that. I don't play that. I think someone told me something she- about my son. So our our son had some issues with, you know, ADHD and behavior and impulse control. And so something happened on the bus and she said something to me about it. And I don't remember what it was, but it was incredibly rude. Mm. And then I tried to tell her about herself and she told me to shut up. Mm. And that's when it ended. Like I didn't, I saw red. Mm. I don't, I don't even know what else happened after that, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, Hey, I would have took her out. I, I just took. Like, I mean, you don't actually remember exactly. I do remember actually what happened. What'd she say? Because it wasn't really what she said about the kids. It was what she said about you. What'd she say about me? Here's what it is. So if you remember, we had to drive down up away from our apartment to the end of this block where the bus was. Right. So she was there with her kids. And she had said whatever about Zaris. And I I understand. You talk about my kids. It's on too. But I'm a little bit calmer than you are. But what she said was that she said after you were aggravated and agitated enough she said about you oh she's different she said something and that just ticked you off because you you kind of were talking and then she's like like they're different or something and you like what and you were driving us there you got out of the car and you were about to walk around (laughs) and i'm like stop (laughs) i'm like get back in the car get back in the car (laughs) I had to get in the car and then we had to leave. So we've had, I mean, we had our issues there. We had our businesses. We had our kids. We brought, what was that? We brought Sienna there. Yeah. Our The first child that, that we had together, that's the first child that we brought. She, we brought her home there. That was, that was the experience. And that was... That child, Sienna, did not, by the way, today's her birthday as we record this. She did not like me for the first six months that she was on this earth. So she didn't like anyone. She okay, I'm her dad. I'm not everyone. I know, else. but right. you know, you make it seem like she liked other people, but yeah. like you're the only one she didn't like. Right. And that's not right. But you are, I, well, I get what you're saying. Exactly. So, I just want right. to clarify for what, the people a, right. that but it wasn't like exclusive just have, to you. She doesn't have to like anybody else. She should. I know your mom, so she's going to love you. You've got the boobs. You've got the boobs. Yeah, we were breastfeeding. But, right. But at all. Like, she wouldn't let me feed her. 
Like it was, it was probably the hardest six months I've ever had to deal with because that's like the first child I've seen come into the world only for her to not, not like me at all. So that was kind of a harrowing experience for me in that apartment. We finally got past that and then the family grew and we did whatever. And then as with all families, we needed more space mm-hmm. because it got you pregnant again. Yeah. And we wanted our childhood, you know, the first child that we had to be able to go to kindergarten. So she is an October baby. Yeah, exactly. So because her birthday is so late, most of these places won't let you put the child in kindergarten. Different towns have different cutoff dates. So it worked out where we ended up moving to had a perfect cutoff date. So we're looking, we found it, boom, and we move here to this house that we are now leaving. And this is the house where Sienna hit kindergarten. Um, our son had his own space. These kids finally kind of had a house, a yard. They were close to their grandparents mm-hmm. in school. So a whole new experience for them. Yeah. So we got a lot, the pets. We, yeah. Not immediately. Yeah. So but we had we got yeah. two cats yeah. from my friend who found out she was allergic to cats after she brought the cats into her apartment mm-hmm. and then called me like can you please take my cats? And I'm like, yes. And Harvey's like, I hate animals. Exactly. Right. So brought these two cats in. Biggest mistake. Well, the second biggest mistake I ever made. The next one was when we got this dog. Wait. Yeah. So if the cats were the second biggest the, mistake, the cat. Was what's the, the first? The dog. Oh, the dog was the, the first dog, biggest mistake that you the, made after you've made yes, the second. And I was unaware that I would oh. make an even bigger mistake. <laughs> so bringing these cats in was bad enough. Okay. Only to then have you put me on blast on Facebook. Nobody and say, put you on blast. Yes, you did. I just Harvey, tagged can you in we a post. get this cat? Can we get this dog? And of course, you want the dog. Every kid wants a dog. I don't like dogs. Never have. Never will. I don't need to be cured of it. I just don't like animals. So we got this dog, so I agreed to it. And the same day, you drove to like East Bumble, got the dog, went to Petco, bought the cage, you went out, spent some loot, got everything for this dog. So I'm home and you pull up with this dog. So cute. No. She was so cute. So like eight months old. Adorable Esky Poo. Who needs tassy. a shot every month, so we have to take her to well, her. Well, that's why we got her, right. because her owner was unable to sustain, you know, her upkeep. She has yeah. Addison's disease, and, you know, as a result, she wasn't able to stay where she was. So they offered her up to a happy home, and that's what she got, a happy home. The kids were so excited, mm-hmm. and I was excited, and I think it's really cool. I've always kind of wanted a dog, and... It's a lot of work. This will probably be our only dog. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So, yeah. So but we love her. Oh, yeah. well, not we. Yeah. Well, by we, we is just referencing me and the children. Right. You guys love her. I just, I have to deal with her because you people love this dog and these animals in general. So, yeah. We now have, that we're moving, yeah. the kids were like, are the pets coming? And Harvey's like, no. They <laughs> come up. What? How great would that have been if I could have put that in the contract? <laughs> you get the house and a dog and two cats. Two cats. Not yeah. one, but two. Two cats who have the same birthdays. They're right? sisters. Yeah, right. they were born on my birthday. This With, is like, this was meant to be. Whatever. So 
that's it. So we move in and we have these cats and we have these um, animals. So maybe the, like, I guess we kind of jumped, but probably the lowest point in this home is you're pregnant with our last child, our last one. Yes. Cause I, I, I got the store closed. So this is the last child. And, you know, pregnancy, see, you know, Sienna's pregnancy was a breeze. Like she came, grew, she was ready to come out. Boom. She was out. This baby was a bit different. She started off fine. Lexine, who was the second one, second of our children, started off okay. And then there was an issue. And for the last few months of that pregnancy, it was pretty kind of hit and miss. And then you were bed rest. So you, for a few months, you couldn't, so was that from like September? Or? There were multiple issues. The right. first issue was that the cervix um, was starting to open. The second issue came a few weeks later when they found that one of the um, arteries that go to the baby. So in the umbilical cord, there's like two that receive blood, one that um, sends blood out. So um, in her umbilical cord, they found through ultrasound that one of the, I think it's the arteries that bring in and the veins bring out. I could be completely wrong. Sorry, guys. Um, But one that was supposed to be delivering blood to the baby was not doing anything at all. So instead of two ways to get blood into the fetus or the infant, um, you know, there was only just one and then one out. So one in, one out instead of two in, one out. So that became an issue because the issue then arose. And I don't think they clarified this enough at that time, but my doctor did because after being on bed rest for 14, 15 weeks from week 20 on to week 20, 30, no. Yeah. 36. I think I was allowed to get off of bed rest somewhat because the whole point was that if I was to expend too much energy and do too much, that the one that is pushing blood into the baby could actually reverse and bring blood out because my body would be like, okay, uh, you know, you need this blood. Let's take it from the baby. Like, why are we giving blood away? We, we don't have extra blood to give. Like, bring that on back. Right. So um, I had a, a death in the family, someone that um, I was close to, and it really rocked my world because the funeral and so forth was out of state and at 36 weeks pregnant, 37 or I think it was 37 or 38 around the time that that funeral had happened. And so at that time, I wasn't able to go to travel. I was, one, on bed rest for already however many so weeks. I'm not supposed to be stressed. I'm not supposed to be like doing things. But all I could think about that day is how my whole family's there. I can't be there. Like I'm not getting to say goodbye. So I literally put everything into the house. I just started cleaning like obsessively and was like all over the place. And so I feel a little guilty because I I somewhat knew, although I don't feel like they really explained it as thoroughly as maybe I needed them to explain it. Mm-hmm. But um, a few days after that, when, so the funeral was the 21st. She was born the 23rd by emergency C-section because that exact situation did happen 
where the blood flow reversed. I didn't feel her moving. They did the um, stress tests and weren't liking the results. Sent us in to go get induced. And from the induction, it wasn't going well. Her heart rate was dropping. And so it turned into an emergency C-section really, really fast. Yeah, that wasn't, I mean, that day started off to and you know i wasn't happy with you because you didn't tell me anything oh and i God. remember you that morning so i didn't tell him that i couldn't feel the yes, baby kicking exactly. because we had already been to the hospital like twice with false alarms and every time that i felt something like pain or started to have i guess the braxton hicks or something like i thought i was immediately going into labor and i'm like oh my god and we went to the hospital twice only to be sent back home and so i didn't want to have another false alarm so harvey went to work that morning mm -hmm. and i just kind of kept it to myself because i had an OBGYN appointment anyway later mm -hmm. so i was like i'll just tell my doctor and hopefully everything's okay right so so she didn't tell me <laughs> She went to see her OBGYN, and her OBGYN was, um, go to the hospital now. So then, then I get the call. Yes. So then. You got the call when I was on the way to the hospital. Right. I'm like, so, hey, babe, mm -hmm. you might need to meet me at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we pack up. Now, so that, in, that's not even what I was really referencing, but what I, that all did happen. So left work, got to the hospital went through all that c-section yeah all right that's hard and you know listen we men and we don't get to have these babies and such but they don't really they kind of treat us like second class citizens because i don't know what's going on so i'm standing out here waiting what's going on once they decided listen this is not working we need to we're gonna have to do a c-section i'm like all right let's go i'm ready i'm there and then I don't see you for like an hour. They just took you out the room and then you were just gone. It Not, probably felt like an hour, but it, I don't think it was that long. It, or it, could it didn't feel that long to me. Right, right. But I was, I think, it, I'm going to go with a good hour. Because I, <laughs> they wrapped you up, they did whatever. And I'm like, what's going on? Nobody tells me anything. So I'm standing outside of there. And then somebody at some point comes out. All right, we need to come in, sterilize you, put you all this, you know, put all gloves and hat and whatever and everything on. So that was a tough tough moment so yeah like i said tough time she was born i was there they pulled her out she cried all the good stuff so we kind of thought you know everything was okay well i mean it was a tough time for you but it was like a tough time for me too hmm. so with our first one you were there you were able to um like stay in the room while i got my um, what epidural. do they call that? The epidural. Yes. And that was my first time getting an epidural. Third child, first epidural. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really feel that one too much. But this one now. So now in between child three and four, let's note that I became a dental hygienist. I went to school, whatever, became a dental hygienist, registered dental hygienist. And in New Jersey, we can give local anesthesia. So I give injections you know, on the daily. Right. And I know that you can do some real damage if you move or, you know, mm -hmm. if you alter in any which way or shape or form the way this needle is penetrating. Right. So I, I know I have to be still. And the anesthesiologist tells me I have to be still. Um, and 
I know that this is my spine. The OBGYN is there and she's holding me now because you're not in the room. So she's there and she's holding me and she's like, it's okay, it's okay. And then in goes that needle. I'm like, ah! And I immediately jump and move and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be paralyzed. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> Here we are. This is where it ends. And at some point, actually later on in the night and i don't even know if you remember that but in the hospital i couldn't feel my toes i was you like oh my god it happened i am paralyzed like it happened i moved and it's all my fault i can't even sue for malpractice because i moved um because <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's the worry no but on top of that so you weren't there for that the the whole injection that freaked me out but the doctor at the same time our OBGYN, while she's prepping me for surgery, she's looking around and she's noticing that nobody brought an incubator right. for the baby. And she's like, um, this is an emergency section. Like you need to make sure that you have everything out and ready right. because this baby might be compromised. Right. And I'm like, what? What? Like nobody said anything to me about compromise. She's like, no, no, it's fine. You're okay. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Nurse, you get your stuff ready. Like exactly. you be ready. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay. This is not going the way that I thought it would go. So for as much as you know, it was tough for you. It was definitely tough for me too. Because I'm hearing all of this stuff, and I'm thinking that I'm going to be paralyzed because I moved during this thing, and now they're going to get this baby out of me, and this baby might be compromised. Like, what am I delivering? Am I delivering a stillborn baby? Like, I have no idea what's going on because I still don't feel the baby moving. Right. Um, but then eventually they bring you in, right. and I started crying immediately as soon as she was delivered, and it took a second, and it felt like the longest second of my life, but it took a second for her to start crying. And then once she started crying, I started crying because I'm like, oh, my God, finally, because I really thought that at the end of all this, there was not going to be a baby. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, such a ridiculous experience. And. Yes. So, I mean, it clearly was harder for you than it was for me because they've taken this child out of you. And I'm just there as support for you. And, and yes, and I remember walking in and you were just like super emotional, which is completely understandable. And then she came on. I'm like, she's going to be fine. And I remember thinking we got in there and then, you know, they have this, this sheet up. So I've just got the top half of you. And even like my neck. And like it was like, <laughs> yes. And remember, because there's we have a picture and it's just this. And I'm like, do I want to look over? I'm like, then no. Because they basically they've just opened you up. You're just out. And I'm like, I don't think that's something I need to see. <laughs> so whatever, but they Change take the, the baby out. They forever. right, they take it, they bring her over, and she's beautiful and she's perfect and okay. So this situation we think is resolved. So we've had this baby. Next day, mm -mm, not resolved at next, all. Next There's problem day. with the blood work. She's anemic, right? So there was something. That, I remember that was it. There was she was anemic, and there was something. Her like, blood sugar was low because right. my milk hadn't come in yet, and right. I was trying to exclusively breastfeed, and so she wasn't getting anything yet. Right. They were like, "Okay, we're gonna have to supplement, and mm -hmm. we can't bring her back in the room, by the way, because like, right. we're gonna have to have her assessed and sent to." Um, another hospital, right. another hospital that has a NICU because right. we don't have a neonatal intensive care unit here. And so that became quite the struggle. So, and let's, let's just put out there that she was delivered 
December 23rd. That's her date. So the next day, this is Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. that I am now finding out that this baby is in a critical state and they are going to send her by way of ambulance by herself mm-hmm. over to another hospital right. but i have to stay here right. tomorrow's christmas right all this is going on now we've still got three other kids yeah who've been hanging out with their grandparents yeah so i gotta go back i gotta go see our kids so i'm yeah. hanging out with them it's and i'm christmas. alone right by myself right. in so the hospital right. no baby it's christmas eve so you're by yourself, but even before that, I'm just to get to that. So I'm go, I'm hanging out with the kids because you know, oh, baby's born, everything's okay. So I don't know anything is going on. Then you call me frantic. They're taking her away. I'm like, what? What's going on? You kind of tell me, but you're not really comprehensible, which I understand. So I'm like, all right, I gotta drop you back over with your parents. I come back over to the hospital, and you're just upset. You're beside yourself, which of course our pediatrician for our kids and she's already there she was there she's ready she was wonderful super consoling exactly she was there for you yeah and they're telling me this and i'm like so technically supposed to be there for the baby but was there for me which i greatly appreciated she was there dick's kind of explained to us she kind of explained to me what was going on just calming you down it's gonna be okay we just have to do this so you have to stay i'm like all right i'm following that ambulance to the hospital and that's what I wanted. Right. I wanted you to. Right. So I couldn't. Right. I couldn't so go I got to be there. So they, and we watched them. They got her, they put her in this thing and they just wheeled her out. And it was just ridiculous. It looks crazy. It it's is like the, the, the things that you see on TV, you know, like, like this major, oh my God. major incubator with all these little things. And they're trying to monitor like, what's her heart rate? And they've got like an IV going mm-hmm. in her foot or something. Oh like it's, it was like intense. And it's the most like, I don't know what the term is because there's nothing you can do. Like, especially for me, like you brought this baby into this world. I'm really useless. At least that's how it feels because I have nothing to do with this. So I'm just kind of watching. So I'm like, all right. So they go, they take us, they they go, I follow, I go there and I see her. And she spends, what, six, eight days? What she spent? She was there until the 30th. So six days. So she spent about six days six there. Six days. And, and it was the longest week of my life. Uh, the yeah. longest week of our life to come home without the baby. Right. And we have the other kids and mm-hmm. it's Christmas and they're expecting. A baby. And I had a C-section for the first time. So I feel like I'm literally dying. Mm. It was, it yeah. was so very intense, highly, highly, highly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, we did wind up finding out after days and days and days and them doing tests and them giving the baby blood transfusions and doing all sorts of like loop-de-loops with this child. Um, eventually I got blood work done and it turned out that yes, all of the blood was coming out from the um, umbilical cord into me. And actually when she was born, there was next to no blood in the umbilical cord, which is not usual. People usually like, not usually, but people do bank the blood, mm-hmm. the cord blood, a lot of stem cells, whatever. Instead, I got the stem cells. Like the stem cells were just running through me. Baby wasn't getting any blood, needed blood. So that took days to figure out. And once they figured it out, it took a little while for them to decide to release her to us. Mm -hmm. But she's been home ever since. Mm -hmm. So that was a harrowing time. But once we got her out of that hospital and home, she's been just perfect kid, crazy. 
energetic, super smart. It was just getting her home, which was the adventure. So getting her from the hospital here, the place that we're going to be leaving soon, was an adventure. But we got her home. We picked her up. All of us picked her up. We mm-hmm. put, her in the, put her in the seat. We had the minivan at that point. It was the minivan yeah. we were driving. So, yeah, so we got her all in the minivan. got her, strapped her in the minivan. And remember, I drove all calmly. of us, all Yeah, the kids, it was all six of us. Family. Probably the first time all, the first time, all the first six. Time. All six of us were in the car, and we came here. Yeah. Put her in her room, and that was that was big. Now, what I had been mentioning, what I'm talking about. So, all of this happened in terms of Lex, in terms of that baby. But even before that, so with the eventual birth of this child, that same year is when I was gonna when I turned forty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I wanted. So original, my original plan is I'm gonna do forty. I want to do something big, not massive. But I wanted to do one of those paintball things. So I had scheduled this paintball event. Got some cousins, some friends. We're all going to this spot, I think Pennsylvania or something. We're going to do paintball. I think the weekend of my birthday or something. A month or so before that, I started not feeling well. I was just really tired. I was exhausted. I don't know what it was. It was just weird. I would work. I'd come home and I would just sleep. I would just be in bed. I was out of it. Didn't know what it was. I was just like, I just thought I just wasn't feeling well. I couldn't really explain what it was. But, you know, get up, go to work, do whatever. I was still going to the gym, which was weird. And days, it was it was just getting weird and weirder. And you're very... Um, I was lethargic. You're, yes, but you're, you were very involved. I, that's the word. You were very involved in my pregnancies and... At that point, I was going weekly for ultrasounds. Right. Like they were staying on top of what was going on with that pregnancy. Right. Um, very high risk. So at some point, you just couldn't make those anymore. Yeah. And I hated that because I made that's one thing I did once we found out you were pregnant originally. That's the first thing. When we scheduled the appointments, I'm like, just schedule them on my day off. I think I'd always had Thursdays mm-hmm. off or something. So we always had these appointments on Thursday. I wanted to be there for each one, and I was for our first child. Second one, I started being there, but eventually because of my, because I was absolutely exhausted, I could, I just had enough strength to get up, go to work, come back, and I would just sleep. I was an absolute, I was just, again, I was a mess. So that bugged me. One, I wasn't feeling great. Two, I was missing all these appointments, and lucky your mom was there, and she could take you. But it, that, that sucked. That was terrible. So... One day, I so I mean, you know this day better than I, but so so one night I really wasn't feeling well. So I went and saw my doctor, saw my doctor and he's like, um, your blood sugar is really high. And he gave me this prescription for something. So I went and got it. I went to the gym. I did some, I did the treadmill. I didn't lift or anything. I just, because I had gotten to such a pattern of going to the gym. So that was just something I did, but I was I didn't really do much there. So then I came home. We ate, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if we ate. And then I just went to sleep. It was like a might have been, I feel like it was a Tuesday. Because then Wednesday morning, my typical because I was working 7 a.m. those Wednesdays. So I got up, showered, came out of the shower, came into the bedroom. And, and passed out on the floor. And passed out on the floor while you were this is you deep in, in, in mandatory bed rest. 
and I just collapse on the floor. Yeah. So I'm like, are you okay? And you're like, I just need to lie down. And I'm like, but you're naked on the floor. I don't, I don't understand this. The bed's right here. You just could not get into the bed. You could not get up and into the bed. I don't even remember this conversation, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm like, you're naked on the floor. I don't understand why, if you just need to lie down, you're right next to the bed. Come up into the bed. You just could not. Yeah. So, that's... My mother was helping us at that time. She, um, because I was supposed to be on mandatory bed rest, and he's supposed to be going to work, she would always come over and help get the kids ready in the morning, would do breakfast with them, get them ready on the bus, you know, whatever. And so she was in the house. And so I come down the stairs and I say that, you know, like, I don't know, Harvey's just, he's like passed out on the floor. And then I got him into the bed, but he's just been so tired. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. And she's like, maybe his blood sugar is low. Like maybe he needs some orange juice or something. And so I brought him orange. Oh, she's a registered nurse, by the way. So I brought him some orange juice. It was like, here, try to drink this orange juice. That was like the wrong thing to do because right. it turns out your blood sugar was too high. Right. But um, you tried to drink a little bit of the orange juice, but you just weren't there. You weren't there at all. And so I said, okay, we're going to the hospital. And it was the struggle of a lifetime getting you from our bed up and out. I think I helped you get dressed, but then to get up and out of the room, down the hallway, down the stairs. Like, you damn near fell down. I remember Halfway that. down. Right. You just, like, went. And our stairs come at an end to a door. Right. And you pretty much just, like, boom. Just, like, in that door. And my mom is like, is everything okay? Because at this point now, we're on the bottom floor. And, you know, everybody heard that. And she's like, what's going on? She helped me get you into the car. And I'm like freaking out now. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like you're you're literally fading in front of me. So um, we drove down to the hospital. You thought you could walk into the building, into the ER. So I parked the car. Wrong thing to do. But I parked the car and, um, you know, I should have known from how we couldn't even get you out of the house that you couldn't walk into the building, but we parked the car and you just like collapsed on a, a car that was like one or two cars over and you just couldn't make it anymore. Thankfully somebody was looking out the window of the ER and ran over with a, um, a wheelchair. wheelchair and was able to help us and get you in. And then from there, I don't even think you remember anything else, but you were, you were literally fading. Um, your blood sugar was high fours, high 400s. And the nurse said, well, thankfully you got him here in time because usually at this point, this is when organ failure starts and, you know, people can die. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. I oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm sitting there like feeling like such a jerk. <laughs> here I am on bed rest. And I'm like, why is he so tired? Like I'm like XYZ months pregnant why is he so tired? Like, mm. I don't understand. But you're like literally dying. You've been dying the whole time. And I had no idea. And it was a while too. And I was just like, just trying to deal with it. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever it was, it'll just go away. But I mean, get to the hospital. And I remember 
coming down the stairs. I remember I'm like, I can get to the car. And then we get to the car. And then I just remember just like kind of just fade. I was just out. Then we get to the hospital. Once we get to the hospital in the wheelchair, I'm pretty much out from there. Yeah. I don't remember anything. So I'm sitting in this chair. I feel like this, I'm coming in and out. Oh, they're checking, they're getting our insurance and stuff because that's got to happen. And then after that, <laughs> then, I'm in, then I'm in this bed. They've got me in there. I, I'm coming in and I remember them. They're trying to put an IV in me, but I'm so dehydrated. Yeah, that they can't find your vein. Right. They, they can't had find to bring vein. in the vein specialist. They found some woman who always finds a vein. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're sticking me with knives in my arm. So, with knives, with well, needles. That's what, what it felt like. felt like knives. <laughs> The whole time. So they're jabbing me. And that's the bulk of what you remember. is, that, And that's like the initial, like, we first get there. They yeah. don't even know that it's your blood sugar yet. They're trying to get into a vein, like, get let's get some blood work going, let's get something. But you were in and out, and you were in the ER for a while. They took you to go do, once we found out it was the blood sugar and that it was so elevated, they then took you to go get x-rays and ultrasounds. Um, they wanted to see what was going on, any failure, heart failure, None like, of that. like organ failure, what's going on. None of that. You don't remember, not a bit of that. I was there for hours, just like, like freaking out. Oh my God, what happened? Once that nurse told me that, which was probably the worst thing to tell me, mm-hmm. that, you know, usually at this point, organ failure happens. And so, you know, people, people pass away, they die. And from there, you went straight into intensive care. Mm-hmm. So you I were in the like, ICU. Uh, that was the... So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I can't really say what I remember. I just at some point I remember coming up in an ICU, and I remember the fact that I couldn't eat or drink anything. So they wouldn't even give me water. They wouldn't give me ice chips. Every once in a while they would give me like ice. So I'm starving. I am just. I'm so thirsty. Because I, and that's one thing, and these are things I didn't know because I'd been thirsty for like a month before all this happened. Because I was so thirsty because it was my blood sugar was so high, and my body's trying to get rid of all of this. So I'm drinking so much water. So I'm in the bathroom all night. All this stuff is happening, and it's crazy. And I didn't recognize the signs. So that I spent eight days in the hospital. I think. Yeah. So you I were think, in there so, for so I think quite eight, some time, which was the worst because one, you're there you're pregnant but you can't do anything i'm in a hospital and not that's the only time i've ever spent like real time in a hospital i'm not home i need to be home you can you can have our baby i'm supposed to be there and the kids have to be taken care of so i so i was just depressed the whole thing was terrible took long enough but you know eventually figured me out got finally got out of there came home that was such a relief that was such an absolute relief to get home. I like showered for real, like a real person. Cause it was so ridiculous. You couldn't really, cause I had an IV in me the whole time. So I couldn't really, it was just, I, what I remember most and this, I can kind of relate back to kind of getting this house ready for us to leave. I was taking apart our bed today. And I remember I was in this bed. I remember in the hospital, the first room they put me in, the TV didn't work. So I'm sitting there and you know, I have a TV next to you. TV didn't work. I'm like, that's the room they put me in. So I'm in a room with no TV. They had some weirdy room with the television that didn't even have ESPN, which made no freaking sense. It didn't even have a ESPN. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, a, sp- I'm a sp- Whatever. I'm a sports <laughs> fan. Listen, cut everything. I'll get rid of E and all that crap. Can I see sports center? So that wasn't there. So I'm just every day 
I'm just there. And they're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. At this point, they didn't know what drug they would be able to give me to lower my blood sugar. So they were trying this, it doesn't work. They tried this, it doesn't work. Tried this, it doesn't work. Every 4 a.m., they're taking blood work. It's insane. Like I'm sleeping, 4 a.m., bright light in my face. We need to take some blood. Just like these people don't care. They're like, just slapping your arm. Okay, I'm going to take some blood. It was so ridiculous. But it was just, I remember, I felt like I'm going to get better once I got to lay in our bed. So got home, I showered, I got to lay next to you in our bed. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to be all right. So as I'm taking his bed apart tonight, um, earlier today, like, wow. I remember taking this thing apart and this is like history. This is like big for me. This is the place where I was at most, most comfortably, most comfortable after getting out of the hospital while you were in this bed. Because you oh, had to be so that right. So this house obviously has a lot, but certain parts of it, like every room in this house has a certain, you know, thing for us as we kind of wind down with this. Yeah. Every room here. Our bedroom, that's our room. That was our space. So getting away from these crazy get from our we crazy have a kids. Sunroom, which is like a Florida room for those who need to envision it, but it's like covered in windows. It's like amazing yeah. for, for sunlight and so forth. Yeah. And for most of the year, it's a great place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the winter, sometimes it can be too cold, but we had a lot of game nights where oh. we had friends come over. Yeah. Game night's a big deal in our house and everybody loves our game nights. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think that, that those are some of my favorite memories. In the sunroom is the games and game night. Mm-hmm. Um, our big table, we have a big table in our dining entranceway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people just, have gathered around there yeah. for games. And right. we've had Christmases, dinners, and Thanksgivings, mm-hmm. and family. You know, anytime your mother comes over, that's where she would sit. And right. we would talk to her for hours exactly. or, yeah. you know. Any any time, honestly, a lot of people were there. There's yeah. just so much yeah. memories in this house, and I think it was really important to kind of sit down and record it all and get it all, yeah. you know, down because we're out of here. Yeah, in another another day or so, we're doing our last minute cleanup and inventory and such. But you know, we'll leave this house. But we're passing it on to another family and they can have, you know, hopefully they'll have as many memories as we did. We watch kids from just infancy to five-year-olds to 11-year-olds to just mouthy children to just attitudinal teenagers and and such. But this is pretty much where this family Mm -hmm. really, really, I think, really took shape. So... We leave here to find, you know, something, you know, bigger, better, you know, something next. But this something in another state, a state with a little bit more sunshine, maybe a lot more sunshine and a lot more support. So we'll be surrounded. But this place will always have a, you know, will always have a, a real important place in our hearts and our lives. We did a lot here. We'll do a lot more at the next place. Yeah, we're going to create new memories. Right. So we wanted to just talk about it. And, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about our, you know, our origin story. 
but you know, without the origin story, we don't have that and, apartment and, and this eventual home. Yeah. So if you know about this house, you know about us. So yeah, so Thank this will be for fun. indulging us, exactly. guys, and for listening to all of our cool rantings about okay. how we got to this place. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to chronicle and document our journey right. as we 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 move along. Right. But join us next week when we have our last episode for this season. We're gonna wrap it up. See uh, the episode thirty. It will be the end of season one. Mm-hmm. We'll take a couple of weeks hiatus, and we'll be right back for season two, mm-hmm. and jumping in. And we can't wait. It'll Very be excited. Fun. Take a little break, so we'll come back fresh, ready to talk about whatever is going on in this world. Um, it's it's life. It changes. Things happen. But it's all for the best. So we say, we don't say goodbye yet. Next week, we will take our temporary hiatus. But you're so wordy. I know, I'm deep. What can I say, baby? All you need to say is love is reminiscent, love is many things. But this good love is black. Thanks for listening to the Love is Black podcast. Please help support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. And connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Love is Black podcast. See you next week.